Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Hi, welcome back to The Coaching Show. As you can tell by this voice, this is not Christopher McAuliffe. And that may be a blessing to you if you're listening to this, or it may be a disappointment. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that to you. Christopher is at, I think Christopher is at the ACTO conference this week. So he is not here. And we have a special guest co-host who you've met before, Craig Cassie. How you doing? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing, Alex? I'm good. I should say who I am because I just left myself out. <laughs> I'm Alex Terranova. Uh, you know me because I often am the co-host of this show. You can find me at thedreammason.com, Inspirational Alex on Instagram. Um, I'm the author of Fictional Authenticity and one of the co-authors of the best-selling book, Redefining Masculinity. Craig, what do people need to know about you besides the fact that you are like all things sex, advice, coach? It's you got good stuff. I, I follow you. All things sex was saying a lot. I might not be everything sex. I'm a lot of things, uh, but I'll own what I'm not too. But I'm an executive life coach who also coaches sex for anyone single in a relationship, you know, monogamous or polyamory. And really, you know, what I'm committed to is people having abundance and authenticity. I have it. The two are extremely interlinked and uh, a lot of what we do in the bedroom shows up in the boardroom or vice versa. Maybe not literally, but who we're being about it. So if you're looking for a breakthrough in either area, you're welcome to find me at uh, Craig Cassie Jr. on Instagram. That's C-R-A-I-G-C-A-S-S-E-Y-J-R uh, for daily little notes of wisdom and some extremely frank and transparent conversations about the bullshit that holds us back. I love that what you just said. I, I don't know if that's a book already, but from the bedroom to the boardroom sounds like the title <laughs> of a book. I'll just be a new theme song too. I kind of like to bring it has to it. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on? What, uh, anything you want to share with the audience about coaching your life or your practice, anything? Yeah. I mean, things are good right now. It's pride month in the States and elsewhere in the world. And, uh, the conversation I seem to be having with a ton of clients is just, uh, what it means to be a really authentic yes and how we show up, but also an extremely authentic no to what is not for us. And it seems like in my own life, for my clients too, we're all looking at where we're uh, maybe saying maybe, or maybe saying yes a little bit. And what we really mean to say is I care about you, but this is a no for me. And it seems to be attention present for a lot of us. You know, how do we actually show up firmly and say no, so we can be a hell yes elsewhere. I love that. I love the idea of some, well, sometimes saying yet, like saying yes everywhere is saying no in places. I used to be a, before I was a coach, I was a no to everything, always 24 seven, no push against, leave me alone. Um, and then when I flipped it, it was like, wait a minute, you in, in saying yes to a lot of things, you actually do say no to things in service of your yes. Oh, yeah. And now I see you're considering moving into a new location, which is kind of like a no to your urban lifestyle and a yes to the, the freedom that you've been looking after. Yeah, we're not going to go down this road because this is a this is an existential crisis <laughs> I'm having. In, <laughs> and we could do a whole show and we have some awesome guests. But yeah, you know, I've I uh, 
I'm having a reckoning with my feelings, right? They're showing up, I'm being with them, I'm processing them, I'm trying not to have them change my life and make them mean everything in the world. Um, but yeah, my feelings are like, let's get out of here, let's run away, let's do something different um, because this world is messed up. So instead of like being with it, it's like, let's go live on a beach somewhere and hide from it, um, which doesn't work. And I think our guests are gonna be able to talk to us about some some of these, some of these, uh, challenges we're facing in the world. <laughs> I want to introduce our amazing guests today. I feel so fortunate to have two of them on here. Jenny Antelok is the president and co-founder of Learning Journeys and Terza Marie Lewis, the director of creative development. They lead a motley crew of engaging, intelligent, and fun coaches and coaching trainers who represent all the areas of business, nonprofit, nonprofit, entrepreneurial, and educational arenas. They collectively provide a place where people can learn and apply the true essence of coaching. There's no lessons on skillfully advising, artfully connecting dots, or keenly identifying blind spots for clients. Instead, they teach their students how to trust the process of coaching and experience the true strength of the human spirit. In each class, they demonstrate how coaching is the one modality which, if fully embraced, can magnify one sense of agency and conviction. In addition, they faithfully teach the coaching competencies that help others reconnect to their inner resources by tuning into intuition instead of listening to experts outside of themselves. Together, they have a combined 38 years in the world of learning and development. Welcome to the Coaching Show podcast. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you. We're doing really good. It's great to have you both. Yeah. Well, we're pleased to be here. So thank you for asking. Will you tell us a little bit about just where we get started? Like, how did learning journeys come to be? And how did, you know, the two of you decide, like, like how did the two of you become like a powerful partnership together? <laughs> oh, we are powerful. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> um, well, learning journeys started with my mother and uh, it started, she, she will tell you that it started with um, somebody throwing a magazine at her and saying, Ruthie, this is you. And so it was somebody that was on the cover of a magazine that uh, was advertising or showing coaching for the first time in Minnesota. And uh, she hired that woman immediately and then went to the school that she went to. And it kind of turned into this uh, addiction for my mother. <laughs> And she went from school to school to school until the finally the last uh, school she went to said, you need to go back to Minnesota and start your own school. You've taken coaching beyond where it is at. And, and so then my mother made me <laughs> do this with her. So, um, but then Terza and I met, I, I, it's hard to remember how we met Except for the fact that, so um, I worked for 15 years in training and employee development for different government agencies in the state of Minnesota. And I was constantly looking for new ways to engage my staff because what I knew about my staff was that they had a very strong conviction about their sense of duty to the public. They had a really strong conviction about their, um, the value around what they did as public servants. But there was also this oddly high level of dissatisfaction. 
And so no amount of conventional training was getting at what I was trying to figure out was the, what was the issue. Um, having somebody come in and tell them, here are some values, you should adopt these, just wasn't working. Having somebody tell them how to do time management better, nothing was working. And so um, I came across learning journeys somehow, and we got together and people were blown away by the workshops that Jenny did. And then I called her up and was just like, do you have anything on this? And do you have anything on this? And what about this? Because I also love designing training and development. So uh, that's how we got started. We were, gosh, together for like 10 years in that relationship. And the whole time she kept telling me, you should be a coach. Have you ever thought about coaching? And I'm like, ah, I don't have time for that right now. Um, but eventually uh, I realized that even what I was doing in training and development wasn't right for me. And then coaching was the next logical kind of step. So, and then I, in 2019, I joined the Learning Journeys team uh -huh. and we've been together ever since in this capacity. Yeah. So now it's, it's almost like you're the third generation, not unofficial third generation. Mm -hmm. That's really what it feels like. We've got a yeah. lot of uh, instructors coming on and a lot of real fun energy, which is why the Motley crew <laughs> came up in the description that we gave. Um, and so it does feel like that. It feels like there's something that's just growing exponentially here. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing the background. I love I love hearing, Christopher doesn't love this, where we differ on this. I love hearing how people got to where they are because often when we're where we are, we, we can't imagine things going differently, right? We're like, oh, how could my life be different five years from now? And often you hear a story like this and things are radically different five years or 10 years later than where you were. And I love that reminder when people tell that story. So yeah, Craig, Craig, I don't want to box you out here. What do you, you want to jump in here? Oh, you're good. I'm just really taken aback by the experience of play that you both bring to your work. And even in you know your description of the work that you take on your website, your bios, it's so present that for two people who, after all your experience, could possibly have a right way to go about trainings and whatnot, it feels like you're really just bring the being of creation and curiosity every single place you go. And I'm curious for some of our listeners, they span new coaches and very experienced coaches, but how do you, after doing this for so long, maintain that way of being? Um, one, we surround ourselves with others that are the same way. Yeah. And, and I really think it is this place of um, always trying to, uh, give each other a hard time of how are we going to how are we going to be curious about this uh, and and how do we keep feeding that piece because otherwise it it's been as craig you know um it's been a hard year and so it's really challenged all of us to how do i not look at this as um debbie downer but look at it as oh this is going to be funny tomorrow. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I think it is about, um, we keep having conversations with each other and in our team about our attitudes are contagious. Mm -hmm. Our presence is contagious. And so what, it, what do we want to be um, spreading yeah. and how do we keep that present of mind so that um, we aren't spreading the negativity because that isn't too fun. Right. 
I took my certification through learning journeys. And one of the things that was mentioned when I was taking it that I've taken to heart is this kind of idea of the expert mind and the beginner's mind. Uh, I feel like a lot of us were taught that our value came out of being an expert. And so it's, we, we hold that because it, it's something that gives us a sense of, okay, people will know me if they know this about me. They know that I can always deliver X, Y, or Z. And we talked a lot about the beginner's mind. And can I set down my expert for just long enough and enter that newbie space again and experience it differently? Um, can I experience it almost like a child? And if I don't feel like I have spaces where I can do that, are there places in my life where maybe I need to go seek a different sandbox, right? I need to go find some new playmates. Um, and one of the things I love about our classes and the, and the things that we provide is that we give people that space. And I think that that's just precious and it's very hard to find right now for us because everybody's so nervous about how I'll be seen that we're really clinging to our expert selves and not opening ourselves up for that new beginner experience. And we're narrowing the experience because of that. Mm -hmm. I wanna ask you about that because you, you're talking about like holding on to something, right? Like holding on to an image of who we are or who we think we are, or even holding on to a world that is the way it is, right? There's people grasping to keep the world as it is or as it's been. And then there's people grasping also to change it, right? Mm -hmm. It works on both sides. How does, how does, how do you see coaching like having an impact and the work you're doing with learning journeys, like having an impact on this, this grip that people have on both, on both sides of the conversation? Mm -hmm. How do we see coaching having that impact? Yeah. And the, and the work you're, the work you're doing with learning journeys. Mm -hmm. Well, so the, the way that um, coaching, I, I don't know that everybody approaches it this way, but it's really, um, Every single time we have an experience, we go into it and reflect on it and make a story about it. And in our coaching, it really is about what is the story that you're holding on to? And is that the story that you want to live out there the rest of your life? Um, and, and so how I see coaching helping right now is that we have most of us, um, especially as people go back to work, as we are struggling with, oh, look, COVID's over. Well, it's not really over. <laughs> and it's, we have fantasized about uh, an experience we had pre-COVID. And we have made that story um, very, ro we romanticize about what was before this, and it's not quite accurate. Uh, but it is predictable, or it was more predictable than where we're stepping next. And, and so then we start to confine ourselves to, well, I'm just going to behave like I uh, behaved before COVID, and I will maintain this. And what coaching allows us to do is to see uh, inside of that story, what pieces of that are accurate, what pieces of that story didn't really work, and is there a better or bigger story still waiting for us? And can, can I start to see that maybe all of these experiences were just chapters to a bigger narrative that I had to get through 
these hard pieces mm -hmm. to get to something even better and um, and that this was prep work and and that it doesn't i can't go back in the story i can't i already did those chapters now it's time for me to look at who how am i going to be the hero of my story and make it around the bend to mm -hmm this new destination and and that's the gift of coaching is it gives us the ability to step outside of our story long enough to witness everything that has occurred see what i've learned along the way and then who i want to be next mm -hmm. yeah and i think just piggyback off of that what i love about coaching and the reason I, we advocate for it i advocate for it as the modality for the 21st century. What I mean when I say that is all of what Jenny just mentioned cannot be done by somebody prescribing that to me, right? To take that step, to be able to step out of my story to witness it cannot be done by somebody saying, well, this is, this is point A and B and C of your story because I'm the only one that knows all the pieces. I know the hidden pieces. I know the pieces I don't tell people when I share the story. I know the pieces that uh, I love. I know the pieces that sit deep within my soul and feel right. So all of that information can only be accessed by the individual. And coaching gives them the space and ability to figure out what it means and then to practice what I want to do with it. Uh, we see a lot of uh, clients and a lot of students who come into the come into the uh, the coaching school, and they are amazed at how experiential it is. But we see them like make a determination, go out and try it. Oh, I don't know how that went. Come back the next time and talk to us and be like, okay, well I tried that and this is what happened. And so it's almost like life rehearsal, right? And to be able to have that, no other modality offers that. And so I just think it's absolutely perfect for where people are in the 21st century when you're trying to figure out how do I navigate inside of uncertainty when all I want to do is run back to what is known because there I feel safe. I might not have loved it, but I knew what it was. And at the same time, something inside of me just says, I can't stay here. There's and Jenny, thank you for that. That is so true. And Jenny, you mentioned how we romanticize the past and one of the things that hit me really hard throughout and even as the world begins to open up after this part of COVID is uh, I was really exhausted before <laughs> from running around and doing things nonstop. And Terza, you had a really interesting Medium article. Uh, it's not what you know, it's how you know it. So I'm curious, when we think we're in a place of knowing, as I didn't uh, <laughs> realize how tired I was back then, how do we approach growing someone's inner knowing because you both focus on intuitive learning and really giving people access to that so that they can lead on their own even when they're not in a coaching session with someone yeah um i think that really the coaching process holds this beautiful space for this and so we focus a lot with our coaches on how to hold that process and how to hold that space um and how to ask questions that get at that second and third level of, of insight, right? So can I ask a question about the what? Can I ask a question about a relationship between the what and my inner self? Um, 
can I ask a relation between or a question about the relationship between when did I know about these things, right? So if I have something that I say I know is true, right? When did I figure out that that was true? And what does that story tell me about how I decipher what is true and what's not? Because the first part is that holding the process, but the second part is accessing creativity and all the different ways we can do that. And a lot of times people will read like the ICF competencies and they'll say, oh, I see, you know, I need to make this goal and this goal and this goal. But what they don't realize is that inside of that, there's different ways to pull out uh, insight for people. So have I tried um, channeling, uh, you know, not just their audio or their oral senses, but have I have them write something? Can I have them draw something? Can we do a visualization? And even if I'm coaching in person with somebody and they say, it feels like I'm on a stage and for the first time I have to declare this. Can I have that person stand up and declare it, right? And ask them what it felt like in their body, what shifted or changed for them when they went from seated to standing? And what about that feeling do they want to have continue into the week? So that their opportunity uh, for learning gets really deep inside of their senses because I think that's where we pull it out from again when we need it later in the week. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. I love that. Bring some of the somatic work that we keep seeing everywhere into the picture and, and really that I hear like that inner body, that deeper body learning and knowing too. Um, I was once told that when we fully experience through all the different layers of our humanity, whether it's intellectually, emotionally, or physically, that it gives us almost like a, a faster release valve in the future. We want to generate that same thing. So I love the idea of actually practicing the embodiment of it, the do it now in the moment, even when it's uncomfortable, and mm -hmm. creating that almost as like a 
how do you want to choose back into that this week? Come Friday, come next week, when you have that presentation one more time. That's awesome. Yeah. I want I want to ask a little bit about like the different continuing educations and coaching programs you have. Um, because as I, you know, we were we were talking about it a little bit like off the recording, but um, you know, you have your coach practitioner certification, the narrative coach practitioner certification, there's business side of coaching, there's different things that you do. And, and I feel like there's even more programs that I'm not just aware of. Um, are these things for like, who are they for? Are they for new coaches? Are they for, you know, somebody like, you know, me and Craig who have been coaching for a while and want to just enhance our skills and grow? What, who, who are the ideal people for these? Well, so I think I, what we have been seeing, and we've been seeing this more often lately, is that even it, the way that it's listed, it looks like the practitioner is, for somebody that's never coached before, it is a beginning step is that coach practitioner. However, what we've seen lately is a lot of people that have been certified for years, but they went through a different program that are stepping into this certification going, oh my gosh, I didn't learn any of these skills. And, and so this piece of, you talked about creativity, just even being able to be so present with your, the person across from you that you can hear things that uh, you can utilize that you didn't even know were available to you. Just think about um, Craig and Alex, for as an example, is we speak in metaphor every 20 seconds. And when we are talking to somebody or just talking out loud to ourselves, like I do, um, <laughs> we are also describing our situation. And I feel like today I'm rowing the boat with one oar. Well, what we're also saying when a client says that to us is that, um, I, I'm in a boat. I have an oar. I have, and so how do we pick up on that information and start to ask them, how'd you get in the boat? Is the boat in the water? What is, are you going somewhere? Are you not going somewhere? But those, those pieces, it's also telling us um, that they have a way of solving this. If, if we can tap into those uh, those resources in a different way that it isn't so habitual that it's right in front of them. And, and so the practitioner is the beginning part of that to say, what are you not utilizing as a coach that you could be utilizing that would just open people's eyes up to, oh my gosh, I have been looking at my world with just one lens and if I just turned a quarter of a turn, I could have saw all this other world that is available to me. And it really is about just um, the way that somebody asked me a question and how powerful a simple question can be for people. And that's what we've been really working on. And mm -hmm. the practitioner is, it's not about us opening their eyes to something and saying, hey, yeah, Craig, if you just saw this problem over here, everything would change for you. Well, I've decided that that's your problem. Right. It may not be your problem at all. But if I ask better questions, if I paid it more attention to what you're saying to me, could I be more effective by being 
radically curious. Mm-hmm. And then do, does that multiply for them? And then the, so that's the practitioner, but it is for anybody. Um, narrative, I would say is a more intense yes. and a higher <laughs> level is that for anybody that has a certification in coaching, that is a deep dive, but it is not only a deep dive into um, your coaching skills, it is a deep dive into your own stories. So you have to be ready to look at right. and what are the stories I hold on to? Yeah. And am I ready to really uh, examine and unpack those stories? Mm-hmm. It's, we really go into this whole process of uh, how am I getting stuck on repeat? And what is, what is um, hanging in the balance if I keep my stories there? But what also is the cost of not moving beyond them? Right. And how, what skills can you develop in narrative to help you um, unearth those stories to see what else is there? But you can't, the, scare, the thing about um, the stories is I can't go to Craig and say, well, Craig, that's just a story. Because for Craig, that's, that's truth. True. Right. <laughs> and I'm a jerk for saying that it's not. Um, and so how do you skillfully have Craig decide that is the story I want to change mm-hmm. um, and, and not get in his way of deciding how to change it, what to change, where to change it, and what to do with it. Um, the business side of coaching is all available online. And so yeah. it's Terza and myself going through different elements of business pieces to build your business, but it's at your own pace. At your own pace. Anybody can take those classes. And then we have Saturdays at the center, which is we introduce, we create a new tool Mm -hmm. and topic every single month. Um, And anybody can take those classes like last two, last week. Yeah. It was um, our wanderings in our wonder. Right. And, and so even the, the, one of the things that we looked at was um, all these songs that we assumed we knew the meaning of and how we immediately went to, well, what do they mean? And so like closing time, we all think that means that um, it's a song about the bar, end bar. bar closing, right? <laughs> but that's not what it means. Um, and, and how do we how do we do that in our lives all the time that we hear something and we're like, Oh, I know what that means. And how does that stifle our curiosity and where Mm -hmm. else am I not as curious as I could be? And so those classes um, wake us up to those kinds of simple Mm -hmm. ideas, but they, they can apply in so many different areas of our lives. The other program that we do have that tends to happen more, um, within groups uh so you can become certified to uh, take this well-being program into different groups and the well-being is well-being from the inside out and that idea is that um we take a look at how do i determine how how i want to be and who i want to be and how does that affect the decisions i make toward my well-being and so it's between six and twelve six and twelve yeah, mm-hmm. six and 12 weeks um, that people go through that. And each time they begin to, they, they choose their own homework for themselves. They create it for themselves. 
and then come back and share with the group and build again that uh, the skill set that a lot of people are missing about how do I make these determinations for myself. For me, that particular one well-being is the stopgap between all of the things that my employer keeps offering that I keep trying to take. So I keep going to the nutrition class, but somehow it doesn't stick. Um, and I can't figure out why. This is the part that helps you determine whether or not it's nutrition you're even concerned about, right? So that then when I make those decisions about those other outcome-based pieces, they have a real place to like live and lodge and and find meaning because I, re I really discovered what it is I want for myself. So well-being coaches can be certified to teach it. Um, we also sometimes do it with groups. Yeah. So. There's so much good stuff in what you just shared. The, the song piece like really resonated, but I saw it from like a different lens of this, how songs work their way into my narrative, mm -hmm. right? How songs carry meaning. And when I hear those songs, it's like they mean something about me or my life where I'm like that song. And I had this, I thought I've been thinking about this recently, like what songs do I play that keep reinforcing a story about who I am? That's not who I want to be anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, you love the song and, it, and then we go back into like how it fuses into your body, right? And how it feels, but like it might not serve you to actually listen to that song. Or maybe you need to recreate a new narrative for that song if you really want to listen to that song. So did you find a new song, Alex? Th this is, this came up. This, I was in Hawaii a week ago and um, I noticed that the songs I was listening to, it wasn't just a song, it was like a playlist, mm -hmm. were kind of like sad. It was, it was, they were like, you wouldn't hear them necessarily and think of them sad, but the way I related to them is they were kind of sad. And what I actually did when I recognized that is I didn't want to be there. I went and created a new playlist and mm -hmm. found music that I didn't have a connection with something completely new, didn't know who the artists were, um, but had like an upbeat. Um, Cause I was, I, that's how I wanted to feel while I was in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And so it was not the type of music I normally would listen to, which was perfect. Cause I didn't know the words. I didn't have a connection to it. I went completely out of my normal. And I ended up um, on the, with advice from a spiritual friend of mine, I ended up dancing my way down the beach to this music on the eclipse. So in pitch blackness to this new music, which would never have been possible with the other music. Mm -hmm. So what do you think um, you picked up on uh, that you wouldn't have if you would have just held on to those old songs? So there's part of my narrative that is, I'm like the hopeless romantic bad boy. Mm -hmm. And, but I, so I can never win that story. Like that, that it's never ending. I'll always get to have fun being single and relationships will always end and I'll never actually get what I want, which is a partnership and connection and love and building something together. And I noticed that the songs reinforce that story. The songs tell stories of men who are like hard to love or men who, you know, like, you know, being with different women or, or what things like that. And those always resonated because that's what I was like, this is who I am. Mm. But it's not the, it's not to your point, like it's not the future that I want. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with those songs, right? They right. just don't necessarily, and it doesn't mean I think either that I can't ever listen to them, but maybe 
change what is normally going into my mind to support the next chapters of the book that I want to write. Yeah. Yeah. So even walking down the beach at night and what part of self did you get to be with that you don't get to be with, with those other songs? It got to be really embodied. So mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not a someone who like, I, I never feel called to dance. That's just not a, I've never, it's never felt like fun or anything like that to me, even if I'm like all by myself mm-hmm. and finding a new different music, um, in a different space in pitch blackness on the beach with my feet in the grounded into the sand there was something that showed up that was like very somatic and natural and um i don't know like the right word almost like raw human like what we would have been before you know societies came and changed us mm-hmm. and and um and that's where i felt like that's what i think i found was that that like raw humanness that doesn't exist in so many of us anymore mm-hmm. um and there were moments going down the beach where the emotions were like joyful and happy and then there were other moments where there was you know tears and and they weren't like sad they it was almost like joyful tears but there were there were a lot of emotions that flowed through getting into my body in a different way and the music and the setting actually allowed that but i had to allow it right like i had to allow it to exist yeah. What a great story. I love Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I it really sure goes so much into the work too, Alex. I mean, you're sharing the experience of raw humanity before society, before cultures, and all that society and cultures give us are prescribed narratives. And this is kind of mm-hmm. Jenny and turns out what your program is designed to both acknowledge and then to break up and for us to be at cause around. And it sounds like this was your your clearing to actually say, hey. <laughs> to pick up a new book, an empty book, and just allow what is to come out, as opposed to what has to be determined how I feel on this beach in an eclipse. Uh, hey, I would pay for that experience. Maybe I should go to Hawaii next time we have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's so much fun. It's so rewarding to be able to be with people as they begin to, we call them the glass jars, right? So you're born and you have these kind of you're born into a family and that family has ways of being and ways of knowing that you're doing right or wrong and that's one jar and then you make friends um, like we're all supposed to uh, but you try to fit in with them and that's kind of another jar and we and then we go to work or we go to school and we put another jar on and the reason we call them glass jars is because they're invisible right to us we don't realize that we're seeing the world through all of these jars and can we have moments like the one that Jenny and Alex just had where the person gets that opportunity to just lift the jars for a moment and see what's actually there for me? Even if I have to put it back down to operate in the world, can I build my strength by lifting that jar every time I come to coaching? And that's what we try to teach our coaches to do and to provide that experience. And often, honestly, because we really believe in a lot of experiential education practices, it's what our students are doing while they're in class. Kind of hits them upside the head at first, but we're like, nope, this is, coaching is fun. (laughs) And and you're going to uh, experience a lot for yourself um, so that you can have that knowledge that says, experientially, when I watch my client walk toward an edge and I have to ask them, well, what do you wanna do? And they say, no, I, I gotta keep pushing. That I can recognize just how much courage they are pulling up 
to keep moving in that direction. Or if they say, nope, I've got to stop, that I can also be respectful and hold in my heart the knowledge and belief that when the time is right and when they are strong enough and ready enough, they will come back around to that. I just think, Alex, even um, your story by choosing, like you had, you had a strong playlist that you, <laughs> that you created throughout your life. And, and that was, that held your stories. Mm-hmm. And by creating even a playlist that of songs that weren't familiar to you, you allowed yourself like to lift all those jars and be storyless for a while. And, and I think for all of us right now, mm-hmm. it, it's really scary for us to step into this next phase of what's beyond COVID, what's beyond uh, that. We don't have a new story of who we are becoming. And so we keep going back to our old story because it's familiar or our old playlist. Uh, These were, this is how this music plays out. And yet um, it's almost like we've, the record has um, ran thin and and we can't play the record anymore. And we, we have to find a new album. I love that. And, you know, I, I recognize for a lot of these podcasts we do, we, we do ask the question support of our, our newer coaches. And I feel like what you just shared is probably a really great clearing for them. For coaches who are just beginning, maybe they got finished with a program right before COVID, even during COVID, and they're feeling stopped at what is next because maybe possibility feels like it dissipated. Um, how would you both, what do you both have to offer them to help them actually write that next narrative that they can lean into and, and be into to support them actually creating the impact in the life they want? Mm-hmm. Um, the last question we ask in our first course is um, what does the world need from you today? And I think that's why people go into coaching to begin with is maybe they are not consciously answering that question, but that's what pulled them into coaching to begin with is that they were there to fulfill a need that wasn't there. And, and so can they go back to their, their sense of responsibility is that this is, this is my contribution to what is next. And and if I step in that place, can I muster up enough belief and self? Because you definitely, whoever started the process of coaching and went through the certification, mustered it up before this, but now you're needed even more. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and if you choose not to do it, what is the cost? And who do you stop from fulfilling their their destination if you choose not to continue on your destination. Right. I am a big believer in gathering evidence. And so often one of the reasons we jump back into our old stories and into our doubts and our fears is because um, these pathways are well ingrained and we've got all these stories with all this kind of evidence. For me, the story for a long time was, you know, my people are not entrepreneurial. My family is not entrepreneurial. We are good professionals. And so I would encourage them to sit down and ask myself, 
how can I gather evidence and what is showing me that this is the right path? And that it's okay, you don't have to do, this is not a pro-con list people, you don't have to do both sides. <laughs> doing the side that's pointing toward the dream that I started with, right? And how can I begin to gather evidence on a day in day out basis? Everybody that goes through classes for the last six months knows that I have a proof jar. It is a mason jar with tiny pieces of paper in it where I literally just put, this is what I did today toward this dream. Even if it's like, I took care of self and soaked my feet. This is what I did today. Um, because I realized that without building new uh, platforms of proof, I would literally just fall back into my old belief about myself. That tickles me. I have so many mason jars, first off, as a kombucha brewer myself. And I think I'm going <laughs> to dump you one you were out. preparing, Craig, for I the not jar. <laughs> well, this is a gift of both of you. I will clear out one from kombucha. My partner will not mind. He'll be very grateful, most likely. We expect and to I, see it, Craig. <laughs> you know, I will I will tag you both on Instagram when you begin awesome. to see the, the papers filling up my proof jar. Um, I just, I think that uh, that is a practice that would really support me in staying in relationship with my vision, which I don't always do. Sometimes I let the mundanity of life kind of get in the way of me seeing my vision and honestly seeing myself in my vision every day mm -hmm. um and there's also something powerful about actually watching it build you know something tangible physical i find um i take so many steps in my own life and it takes me sitting down and actually writing them out or like feeling with them to have it impact me but i think seeing it on the daily would make me go like aha we're mm -hmm. doing it so thank you for sharing that Oh, yes, you're welcome. You both have been, uh, you're both, sorry, you both have, have been generous to offer the listeners a gift. And I want you to like, tell us a little more because I'm actually curious myself. So there's a, you're giving away a two hour live coaching session on Zoom. Is it, is it one? Is it to one person? Is it to whoever reaches out? To whoever reaches out. So okay. it'll be a group session. How should they, how, what's, how would you like them to reach out to you if they're interested in this? Uh, they can email me directly. Okay. We'll, um, we'll put your email address so we don't have to spell it out. We'll put it right in the show notes so people can find it. And then you have the paradox of holding on and letting go course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want to say a little bit about what you, what that giveaway is? Yeah. So that is the, the two hour session on um, looking at how, so the paradox is that, you know, we have this backwards law of what we think we should do. The exact opposite is typically what needs to be done. <laughs> and right now, <laughs> more than ever, we are trying desperately to kind of hold on to as much as we can of what, what we thought was precious and important uh, as we move into this next phase all over the world. Um, mm -hmm. And yet, the more that we hoard, the less that we know what is important. And what we really need to be doing is figuring out where can I let go so that I can fully understand what is worth holding on to. And, and when we do that, then we start to see where do I, where can I um, open, there's other openings of, um, where we have opportunity, but because 
because we're so busy hoarding, we blinded ourselves to what is available to us. Yeah. Yeah, we felt like that particular, we have a series of classes about paradoxes, um, holding on and letting go. Um, Success and failure, right. belonging and becoming. And so, but this particular uh, paradox of holding on and letting go, we felt was just really timely for right now because we're just watching people struggle so much. You hear all the, you know, people are rage quitting and then the people are, you know, do I go back to work? And and all of these decisions are being, being made, but it's almost like what's behind my needing to let go of something. And if I don't let go of something, do I just let go of everything? And, and the effects of that, are they actually what I want? And so we just felt like that was really timely for right now, uh, that particular paradox. So that's what we'd like to offer. I love it. It's the same. So do people that get it the same way, just send you an email? Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, the, is the best place for people just to find out more? Is it just to go to learning journeys? Is it that easy? Learningjourneys.net? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are you on social media? Should they, do you want people to follow you? Do you stay away from social media? What's that? <laughs> I am on Instagram at Terza Lewis. And then I'm also on LinkedIn. And okay. both of those places are the places that I'm most active. Yeah. You'll, you'll only find me. I mean, you can find me on Instagram, but I'm not doing anything. <laughs> um, LinkedIn, I'm on there. Um, okay, we'll put and we'll put all that in the show notes. And we always like to offer all of our guests like the last word. Is there anything that you feel like you didn't get asked or want to share, or anything you just want to say that we can leave the audience with? Yeah, I think the thing that I like to always share with people is that if you're looking for a place to explore. Um, that is fun that we don't we just can't take ourselves too seriously because if you dig into this work enough you're just like oh guys welcome to the show um, <laughs> and um the show. right and at the same time it is so much full of insight and depth of thought not just from the instructors but from the participants there is a wealth of knowledge and so if you're looking for people that will go there with you and really have a good time on the journey Learning journeys, I believe, is the place. It's absolutely been a blessing in my life. And I am privileged to watch people take these steps every single month. We start a new Power of Possibility class, which is the first class in the practitioner program. Um, we start it every month. And it's amazing to watch just in two and a half days what people realize about their calling and themselves. And to send them out into the world a stronger individual is just my honor and my blessing. So I invite them to check us out. Yeah, yeah. and I really look at uh, that we all need a place that we can land and call home. And, and that you can be yourself because as coaches, we always are giving to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And we reserve our own personality so that they could find and live their personality. And and we all need a place that we can be true to us and keep feeding that personality. And I think that that's really what learning journeys is about is where's going to be your place to do that. Well, thank you both so much for being here, for you know, connecting with us, hanging out with us, having fun with us, um, for rowing the, the boat with one paddle at times. Um, <laughs> But I, I always only have one paddle. 
that's, that's refreshing. <laughs> that's good to know, right? We're not all, we, I think sometimes we see MCC and we're like, oh my God, they're probably so perfect. Um, <laughs> I know that that's what I thought as I was developing as a coach. Mm -hmm. um, but thank you both for being here. Um, I really encourage everyone to go to your website, check out Learning Journeys. I know me and Craig both found a lot of value in just like digging around and, and playing around over there. Um, yeah, just super grateful to have you and the work that you're doing and your partnership. The thing I'm left with the most of this is like, I want a partnership like the two of you have created. It looks so fun. You're so connected. And everything you talked about, it's like create, 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 innovate and create. And you're, it's, it's playful. So thanks for modeling that in, in such a beautiful way. Oh, well, thank you both. It's been fun talking to you guys. Yes, it has um, been. And Craig, thanks for, thanks for being with me here today. Always a pleasure. I'll be happy to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and people, to remind people, they can go find you at Craig Casey, Craig, uh, Craig Cassie Jr. .com, right? Is that the website? You got craigcassie.com. We can leave off the junior there. I co-opted my father's name, but feel free to uh, reach out. And uh, yeah, looking forward to filling up my jar of proof soon. Thank you again, no, Jenny and Teresa. It's great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might have to do one of those jar, jars also. And I am Alex Terranova and you can find me at thedreammason.com. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.